start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. Podcast. I'm doing a lot more than four. More than four. What's up, guys? This is episode four of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Plus 100. <laughs> Plus 100. 104. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. And uh, this will be the last episode before Christmas. So, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. Tom, do you have anything to say? I'm just trying to count. Is No, it ain't. What? Yeah. We're going to record week, one next We're going to record okay. one next week, but it'll launch on the 26th. The day after. Okay, yeah. yeah so, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry St. Grimmins. I was starting to wonder, like, maybe Tom's not in the holiday spirit. No, definitely big time holiday spirit guy. I was just... Are you afraid it, to say Merry Christmas? No, I was just trying to, in my head, think, how can we be that close? But yeah, it's... We are. Yeah, right around the corner. Math checks out. Yeah, it does. And uh, Deer Camp Series is continuing. Yeah, we uh, somebody in the room here. We could play a little game, game of guess who. Somebody that hasn't got a deer yet this year. Well, that rules out you, Tom, because you've been shooting big bucks left and right. And, and that would also, I'd have to put my face down because I've also killed deer this year. That only leaves me. So let's talk about it. Yeah, I'll tell you the whole story if you if you guys want to hear it. All right, start yeah. start at October first. I don't want to miss anything. Okay. <laughs> um. I guess the story would start uh, with all the logging that I've talked about. How? Yeah, we've kind of briefly talked about it, but why don't you kind of lay out that you know to just in case somebody's jumping in, yeah. you know, fresh listener, mm-hmm. um, kind of lay out that piece of property you're hunting. Yeah. So when you first get like the big chunk of like the front half of the property is just a big field. It's I want to say it's like 26 acres of fields, and there's like. It's basically three fields with a couple little hedgerows cutting them apart, but it's one field essentially. And um, it was last year, I think, they started logging, and they are still logging. It's like actively still in there right now. Actively cutting okay. every day, so it's they have cut every tree above like four inches in diameter. 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 There's like a couple beaches left up in there that are, you know, enough to put a stand in, couple of hemlocks here and there, but for the most part it's leveled. There's nothing left of this property and there's uh, it's just under 200 acres the whole piece, so you got 25-ish acres of field and then the rest is all was wooded and now is just a mess of tops. So I was I was interested to hunt it this year, and I've always hunted it heavily, but uh, I wanted to spend a lot more time in it this year just because I figured it would be such a learning curve because of how much the woods has changed. They're obviously going to use it differently, and they definitely have. I didn't learn quite as much as I wanted to this year, but 
I think part of that is because they are still actively logging. So it hasn't gotten them really onto their normal pattern because during the day they can't do what they want to do because they're logging in certain chunks of the property. So they aren't using it quite the way I think they're going to in the future once they're a hundred percent done. But, uh, it definitely made for a very interesting season hunting that property. And, uh, I normally how I would start that property in the early season is hunting the fields and it's the biggest field is just a big bean field every year and I spent no time on that this year in early archery I and why is that I just I wanted to learn more about how they were going to be using the tops I knew that they would and honestly I sat in the field twice in early archery and normally so your story's not adding up I said I hardly, and mm. then okay. I reiterated it with an actual number. I think it was twice that I sat the field in early archery. And normally in past years when I would sit the field, uh, in the first week and a half, two weeks of the season, I would see 40 deer a night. They would they would just bombard that field. Yeah, your Snapchat would usually blow up with – or our Snapchat would just blow up with pictures of deer. Yeah, so I wanted to – learn more about what was going on deeper in the property, but I still wanted to keep a little bit of an eye on the fields and see if they were still using the field the same way. Uh, and the couple times that I did sit on it, I the one time I didn't see a single deer, and the other time I think I saw two does. Like, it was dead, dead yeah, completely dead. So I focused more of my energy back in the woods more, and then they had actually taken a break from logging in the summer, which made no sense to me. And they took the sawmill out and, you know, it looked like... I remember, yeah, you were all excited, like, oh, sweet, they're done. Yeah, and I, that's what I thought, that they were done logging. And I was like, okay, I'm really going to put the time in and learn this property now. And, like, right as archery started, they brought the mill back in, set it up, and started logging another piece of the property that I was really hoping they were going to leave because it would have made just the perfect transition area between all of those tops and the fields and it would have just it would have been a dream spot but uh like i said right before archery started they moved back in and started cutting everything that was left and that makes it tough changing you know i mean we scouted that property this summer with you Mm -hmm. and it makes it tough when the property is, you know, constantly changing drastically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, how the hell do you get a beat on a deer yeah. and follow it? Yeah, exactly. And if it does go through a drastic change, you can, and then it's done, you can then start to learn. But when yeah. it is actively changing every day. Loggers in there every single day. Yeah, it, either, it's so hard to predict mm-hmm. um, what's going to happen. Yeah, and even though it is a big chunk of properties and they'll use the portions of the property that aren't being logged they're not doing everything that they would do if there was Mm -hmm. no pressure in the area so it did stifle me a little bit and I was I was pretty bummed out for archery I figured it would still be fine for rifle and I was I had a good plan for rifle season coming up that a way I was going to hunt that and make it really productive Um, but archery after I sat in there a few times back in the tops and I saw a deer every time I was back in there. It was always eventful, but I just never really honed in on any specific thing. And I think it was just mostly because of the pressure of the loggers. So it 
it made for a difficult archery season for me. I was I was a little bit bummed out about that, but I spent some time on some other properties. It's not the only property that I have to hunt, so yeah, it's not like my season was shot at that point. So I had other options, but uh, you move into rifle season. Yeah, I was mostly after I kind of backed out of there. I just started to put a plan together for rifle season because I know there's a lot of nice bucks in there, and the way that property used to be was like all just open hardwood there was like an apple orchard way in the back and the field so we didn't really have anything that held the deer on it there was no bedding area in it it was all just basically a travel corridor other than the apple trees and the fields you had those two food sources and everything else in the middle was just wide open timber so we didn't keep deer there you were Mm. catching them passing through getting to the food here and there so now that they've done this, it's 100% bedding. You know, it's yeah perfect habitat for them to just go in, lay down, lay low. and. Well, I mean, if you didn't listen in the last few episodes, Uncle Frank killed a buck bedded yeah. in this area. Yeah, so exactly. It's just like you said, it's just a giant bedding area now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have 150 acres of bedding now. So it's I was really excited to kind of work my way through it and rifle, and I... S- still hunted a couple of times but i wanted to move around the property a little bit and my one of my favorite types of hunting is like spotting and stalking or like just mooching through the property real slow and uh one one thing that i do want to say about doing it that way uh that i have noticed and it kind of throws me off when i hunt that way just like slowly picking my way through an area is that a lot of times when you're doing that you look up ahead and you're like, okay, I want to get up to that spot up there. And, you know, I'll, I'll slowly work my way up there, but I want to get to that spot and then see what's beyond and mm-hmm. assess from there. But I found, because I've done, I've hunted a lot this way in the past and I did it a lot this year. Um, it really helps to not pick a destination in front of you because you don't really hunt it at that point you're you have a destination in mind and you your brain just takes over and is like get to your destination yeah you're not you're not nearly hunting. as focused on the hunt yeah you're versus not just getting to point b yeah you're not looking at tracks you're not paying attention to the wind the terrain looking in all the different tops and stuff mm. you you lose a lot of your hunt and you could easily walk by animals that are in those tops that are perfectly comfortable letting you walk by yeah. because they feel safe. Um, while we're talking about doing the spotting and stalking, one thing, um, I, I enjoy doing that in rifle season as well. Um, with my bow, I don't, but um, muzzleloader in rifle season, it's mm-hmm. a better, I think, is more fun way to do it just when it's so cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I've picked up on is when you're walking – through the timber, you know, like if you're doing this in timber, you know, not, yeah, um, yeah, it walk, changes with what you're, yeah, but in. while you're, if you're walking through the timber, my one thing I really enjoy doing is walking deer trails and not necessarily for, you know, it leading you to where they're at. Obviously, that's a benefit to it, mm-hmm. but um, it's much quieter walking directly on a deer trail versus even five feet off of it. Yeah. Um, being that, you know, if multiple deer are traveling on this same path, most of your sticks are going to be broken. Um, the area is packed down. It's just going to be a much quieter walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's, you're able to sneak through the woods a lot quieter just following those trails. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's like I said, it's 
two benefits. One, it obviously leads you to where deer are moving, but mm-hmm. it's also much quieter. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, that was basically how I wanted to approach this property for rifles. Just every day, just slowly pick my way through one chunk of the property. Um, and, you know, I'd get out of work. And one day I would go up and stay more towards the south side of the property, work 40 acres over there really well, just work it nice and slow. And then what I, would, what I was doing pretty much every day is that I would then work my way back out to the field and just check it real quick before dark. You know, last light, I'd make sure I get out there with 10 minutes of light left and see what's in the field. Just glass and see, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And every night I was seeing does, and I was sending you Snapchats, and yeah. you kept telling me that I better shoot something to get on the podcast. So um, it was kind of funny just sending you videos all the time and never killing anything. But uh, Tom and I were starting to wonder if you even enjoyed hunting. I, you asked me, you're like, are you even into deer hunting anymore? And I was starting to get nervous. Yeah, I had to I had to prove you wrong. But uh, so this particular day of the hunt, I didn't get to do my normal program of working my way up through the deeper part of the property and then back out to the field. My dad actually, because uh, I get out of work at noon now, we're on our winter hours, and he called me like right before noon. He's like, hey, what are you doing after work? I was like, well, I plan on going hunting. He's like, oh, well, I kind of want to go look at this piece of property in a, a house. Uh if you want to come check it out real quick. I was like, yeah, I'd be into that. You know, that won't take long. We'll go look at that, and then I'll head out for the evening hunt. You know, I'd probably, yeah. I'm guessing I would be out, you know, get out in the woods 2 o'clock. You know, it wouldn't Perfect. take that much time. Yeah. Great time. Perfect time, some say. So uh, I'm like, yeah, well, let's do that. So I meet up with him right after I get out of work at noon. We head over to where we're going, and uh, he's like, we walk into the house, and then, my dad's one buddy's there. Uh, it's his family that like owns the house, and uh, they're all sitting there talking. And they're like, "Okay, the freezer's down in the basement." And I'm like, "What?" And my dad's like, "Okay, let's go." And I'm like, "What's what are we doing here?" Son of a bitch. <laughs> so what he had done was lied to me about going to look at this property and wrote me into moving a freezer. So we did look at the property, but was it for sale? Yeah. <laughs> no, not for sale. <laughs> not for sale. <laughs> Uh, just went to look at it. <laughs> just figured I'd show it to you, you know, just for fun. But, uh, so yeah, we're, he has me move in this freezer. So I'm like, you son of a bitch. So we finally get that done and it's way later than two o'clock. And I'm like, well, there's no way I'm going to have time to do anything back up in the tops. So I don't want to sneak up into there. I'll just climb up in a stand in the field and sit the last you know hour and a half of the evening it wasn't even an hour and a half it was like an hour so uh get set up and i'm hanging out and the wind was perfect for where i was expecting these deer to come from because they typically come out in roughly the same spot in this field every time so i set up on that with the wind in my favor and there's a deer it's real nice tom new phone you think you can do whatever you want with it Mr. Hollywood over there. <laughs> so uh, a deer comes out in the opposite direction of where I was expecting these deer to be. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't overly worried about it. It was kind of far away, and it wasn't something that I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot this right away. I was like, I'm kind of just going to hang out and see what else is going to come out in the field. There's still plenty of light left. I was just going to feel it out. So 
sitting there, sitting there. And then I see some deer starting to work up to the edge of the field. They're still back in the woods a little bit. Uh, so I didn't have any shot opportunities. But, you know, stuff's starting to happen. Things are moving into the field a little bit more readily now. And right as this starts to happen, wouldn't you know it, that other doe catches my wind, mm. starts blowing. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. And it means I'm about to shoot a doe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's what happened. I was like, well, you just punched your last ticket. So she's blowing, and I whip around, throw the gun up on her, and give her the beans. And she takes off, goes about 50 yards down into the woods, didn't go far okay, at all. So you, you, you didn't see her go down? No, I didn't see her go down, but uh, we had a little bit of snow on the ground that day. And I sent Tom a Snapchat of, actually, I think I sent it to you. You just didn't open it until like six days later or something. But uh, That's probably hunting. Yeah, I doubt it. Not I you. know how you hunt. <laughs> Hunts on his phone all day. Mm. Right? Continue your story. <laughs> <laughs> so I sent Tom a Snapchat, and there's you know three feet wide of blood. just. Oh, yeah, open. you did send me that one. Yeah. I think so. I did wait till after dark to open it, though. Yeah, so it was easy track drop. I was, she was... I was hunting behind the house that night. Marie? No. Yeah. I think you were, we were in climber. climber. Yeah. Oh. We both remember. Gilgamesh. <laughs> now <laughs> I'm remembering correctly. correctly. <laughs> so uh, I go down in the field or out of the field and uh, find her piled up right there. And it was actually one week ago because it, we had a podcast that night. I was like, well, I got to hurry up and get back to the house because it's getting dark. Uh, that's, yep. I wasn't climber. I remember all of this now. Yeah. Because you didn't tell me. That we were podcasting later. I told later. Tom, thought Tom would tell you. Yeah, he must have got lost in the mail. So I get down to this deer, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to waste the five minutes gutting it. I'm just going to quarter it and take it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just uh, drag it up to the field, which I, I learned this little trick two days before that. On I was just scrolling through Facebook. It's a nice trick. It's I, a, um, This is a new one for me. Yeah, you, Tom saw it because I gutted it at the house. That's the next part of the story. But um, So a couple days prior to this hunt, I was just scrolling through Facebook, and I saw this video. This guy's holding a, a doe, and you know they're a pain in the ass to drag. They don't have antlers to hang on to. You gotta If you don't have a rope, it's just grab a leg, and their head's flopping all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's annoying. So what this guy did was he sliced through the skin, uh, between you know the bone where and you would hang it from the gambrel, the Achilles. Yeah. Okay. And then so, he, but yeah, same spot that you're cutting through anyway to hang it on a gambrel. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So cut through there, and then he shoved the other leg, like the hoof, through the Achilles hmm. of the other leg, so it made like a little crossbar because you know the it, yeah. the the joints right there it bends perfectly and it made makes a perfect bar to drag a doe. And I was like, as soon as I shot the doe, I was like, I'm trying that right now. And it mm. was real slick. I, I couldn't, it couldn't have worked better. I was very happy. So whoever that guy is, 10 out of 10 on the idea. Absolutely loved it. So anyway, onward. I, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get out of here, go do the podcast. And uh, so I get up into the field after I drag it out of the woods. And I'm, I see something out in the field. I'm like, what the hell, what's going on out there? So I start walking up, and I can't really tell because it's kind of dark at this point. It's blending in with the trees and getting closer and closer and closer. And finally, I'm like, oh, there's a coyote there. 
And what I didn't know is my dad had a couple of coyote sets. Like, man, typically coyotes take off when you see them. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's a pretty big catch circle right there. It's almost like he's in a trap. So I called my dad. I was like, hey, you know, you caught a coyote. He's like, oh, well, that's cool. Well, I'm, And he was on his way into Edinburgh to go help one of his buddies skin some stuff. So he's like, I'll swing up there and we'll take care of that. I'll help you drag your deer out. So he came up, helped me get the deer out, dispatched the coyote and... It was it was a nice little evenings and he's like, So are you gonna come help me skin this? I was like, No, I gotta get back to the house and podcast. So I pull back into the house and it was like right at six o'clock when I got here mm-hmm. and no one's here. I was like, What the hell's going on? So I called Tom and he's like, Oh yeah, no, we're six thirty. We're, we're way out on that. So and that was when I found out that you were in climber. So I was like, Well, Tom, come on over early and help me gut the steer. So and he, he, all he had to do was hold the light, so it was pretty nice. Worked out well. Yeah, so yeah, he got, that's when he got to see the nice little leg bar trick. And no, that's neat. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna go have to use that. Try it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad plan. Just to test the theory. Yeah, yeah, definitely test it out. So yeah, that's uh, that's where she wraps up right there. Tom, helped me get her gutted, and then we came back up and did a podcast. We can't even get a podcast done without somebody shooting a deer. I know, right? It's It's probably because he's been listening to our tricks and tactics. That's probably it. Frank's definitely probably been listening to Tom and I. Mm -hmm. I have for years now. It's finally paying off. Nearly two years. Yeah, nearly. We're we're only a couple weeks away from two straight years. Christmas Eve is our first podcast. That's wild. Oh, speaking of that, uh, memory came up on my Snapchat... What? It was Christmas Eve. It was yeah, we were, that was the first recorded. Yeah, yeah. Was, the, uh, who is White Cat? Yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm saying we we did some tests. We did some test ones that I deleted on accident earlier up at the cabin. Be, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah we well, and we did one in the garage. That's what I was about to say. I had a memory come up on my Snapchat. Like I think it was last week of you and me just right after we bought all of our equipment testing it out still trying to figure out what the hell we're doing yeah we're, i feel like i still am trying to figure out what the hell i'm doing but mm-hmm. every yeah. once in a while i get somebody message me or interested in starting a podcast and you know they have some questions and I'm, i don't know i couldn't tell you i, I have no idea <laughs> i just start clicking <laughs> buttons and stuff i'm happens. like i mean if you want you can kind of watch how i do it but i couldn't tell you <laughs> that's good stuff consistency that's the big one yeah Definitely. We've been consistent for, what, 103 weeks now? Well, 104. 104 now. No, yeah, we hell, we got two. more than four. Oh, yeah, we had one Tom's double right. week. We did have we a, double had a double week, week when you and I were in Ohio. Yeah. 103 weeks straight. Yeah. I haven't mm. missed an episode. Fact. We missed one Sunday, but we still did produce that week. Yeah. We had that a, wasn't even our fault. That yeah, was, it was Podbean did some weird thing. I don't, I couldn't, I can't really explain it, but it published the episode with no data. But, like, it said that the data was there. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was weird. So, you guys still got your episode. It just wasn't Sunday at 5. Yeah, a couple days late. But it was so. so appreciate yeah. the guys that listen that shouted us out on Insta. Like, hey, where that the hell podcast? Is <laughs> at, like, 5.05 in the morning, too. They're like, hey. It was almost instant. <laughs> I did. I got a message, like, oh, pretty quick. I was like, what the f-? Oh, geez. Like, all right. Apparently, people pay attention. Yeah. At 5 a.m. release, people like it. Mm-hmm. Way in. So, well, thank you, Frank, for finally, yeah, finally, yeah. 
Well, I, it didn't take me as long as it took you last That's year. That's true. I, I waited till the last evening of Muzzleloader. Yeah, you did. So <laughs> I don't I don't want to hear it. Which means there's still I've time. I've been getting it done in both seasons since we started the podcast. It's because yep. you've been listening to Which, the tips and tricks. Yeah, I used to be that way. And then we started a podcast and I stopped shooting bucks in archery. So maybe <laughs> I ought to just peace out. Yeah, Nick's done like on the three podcast. Years, it's like three years in a row Nick shoots his buck in archery. starts a podcast. Can't shoot a buck to save his life. Yeah. Yeah. These things happen. I think when I do shoot a buck, though, it's going to be a stud. Oh, absolute slob. It's going to be... Real joker. Yeah. Big dude. I'm still big, dude. Yeah. Almost a couple times this year, but I don't even want to talk about it. Season's not over. Could still happen. It, it, it'll happen. So I, I believe in you, Nick. I guess we will uh, wrap it up there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I hope you guys are still out there hunting. Took my old smoke pole for a walk today. Yeah, we still got... Probably going to do it again order. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Chrysler. Merry um, Thermos. Merry however you say it in your house. How, yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of different pronunciations for that holiday. So. Um, so you guys enjoy your holiday and uh, make sure you guys are all still getting outside.